Yeah, great to have you with Lavinia us. Lavinia Nixon. Yeah, she does the uh, weather over here on yeah, Channel 9. Yeah, okay. We've just, the phone's lit up sort of saying, oh, hang on, who? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where I am. Yeah, I know. You know, uh, still Blue Argos, Haggis, $164 worth from Workhopper. They're to our best contributor today, so really looking forward to that. Peter McKenna on his way in for the Nerd Nut Lions. And, 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 and look, uh, amazing kick as he was, Austin Robertson Jr., the best kick for goal in the history of the AFL. I love Docker. I reckon this bloke went pretty darn close. Mm. Don't worry about that. Um, Let, was, let's differentiate too. AFL, VFL, Aussie rules. Let, let's see. If, if you have an Aussie rules kicker for goal, throw him up. It's not just the AFL or VFL. No, exactly. Let's let's differentiate a bit there. Jeez, but McKenna was great. incredible, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, I tell you, it was a dead eye dick. Our late and great mate, Kenny Judge. Yep, yep. And but, uh, the other one Harry too Buckingham. is I, I, I'd like to say Austin Robertson with a set shot for goal and, and Peter McKenna. Bernie Naylor, Jason Dunstall, Tony Lockett, in Peter Hudson in set shots for goal, but on the run is another category, isn't it? And, and the Dean sure. Kemp, Rob Wiley, I'm sure you could come up with a stack of names there. Buckanara and Judge also, and Darren Jarman on the run. Yeah, we found this man. He played 180 games for the Carlton Blues. Sorry, the Collingwood Football Club. Then he went to the Carlton Blues. I stand very much corrected there. Kicked 874 goals, won a Copeland Trophy, a magnificent champion, a Hall of Fame, and he's been good enough to join you and I, Haggis. Hello, Peter McKenna. How's that you, Brad? Yes, it's me and Kim Hagdorn. How are you, sir? Yeah, really well. Thanks, mate. We just had a caller. We've been talking about uh, people who've done well in two codes, and your name uh, was, was spoken about in different uh, different aspects, but he said that he met you on the, the steps of Spring Street Parliament in around about the early 2000s, and he had your Victorian jumper from 1972. His name was Lewis from Wembley. All oh, right. I do remember that. Um I, I was, when I finished school teaching and commentating, I drove state government ministers for a, uh, 12 years. So that's why I would have seen him at, uh, on the steps of Parliament. Brilliant. Exactly right. So uh, I did mention that to him, that that was your role back in those days, and that's what you would have been doing. Now, Peter, it's fabulous to have you with us. You, we, I don't think we'll ever see a guy kick 100 goals again. Um, you kicked 16 goals in one game. Mm. That must have been unbelievable. Yes, I nearly didn't play that day. I had a bit of a hammy during the week. <laughs> and, uh, that I, we had, um, and I decided to play at the last minute. And um, and we played. We played South at uh, at Con- Vic Park. Oh, we had one of those days where I think we only kicked nineteen. But in those days, we had a fantastic centre line. Like all full forwards need good centre-line players, and we we had at that stage, and South weren't a great side then, and um, we had Barry Price, of course, who was a superstar, and the Richardson brothers, Wayne and Max, two West Aussie boys, mm. and um, and they were, the three of them were magnificent kicks, so, you know, to be pulled forward in front of those guys made it a hell of a lot easier, you know, and... Uh, so I, I put a lot of my success down to mm. the good, the great players I had in front of me. Peter, Kim Hagdorn is my name. Uh, you, you kicked double figures 12 times across your career, and that 16-4 on that day in 1969 that Brad's touched on, you only got one free kick. Ooh, how, did you not yeah. get, how did you not get more free kicks? In actual fact, you gave away a lot more free kicks than you got throughout your entire career. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe umpires don't like playing free kicks in front of goal. They didn't in those days. 
they uh, you're more likely to get a fresh um, <laughs> if you're a backman to be quite honest and uh, but oh no, that's the way it goes because I I played I came up the ground a lot. I was often in front mm. of my opponent because so, I relied heavily on speed and you know quickness off the mark, and um, and uh, so therefore, although I did push and shove a bit in one-on-one contests mm. and. They're not likely to give the forward a free kick 10 metres out. <laughs> yeah. You're an amazing set shot for goal and even snap, shot, snap shooting and, and, and getting up the ground. But the, your kicking for goal was is, is now debated as, and discussed as one of the best of all time. Brad reckons you're the best of all time. I, I think Austin Robertson here in Western Australia was the best set shot for goal of all time. Can you have... Can you add any light to the theory and the dramas with us or watching the modern-day game? Why can't the modern-day players kick straight for goal? Well, I know that a lot of, a lot of people use the excuse that, um, that they're tired, mm-hmm. more tired these days because of the, it's such a hectic and probably is a tougher game today physically. And then it was dirtier in our day, but it was, I think it's tougher today in, as far as tackling and uh, non-stop non-stop pressure goes mm-hmm. and um, the people put it down I don't think it's that I think in our day you had a lot of before training and that shots for goal off and after training as a kid you'd be up in the park kicking goals in my case I kicked every night into some soccer goals so mm-hmm. all us kids in West Heidelberg and, and so it was a different game then but Today it drives me mad when I see blokes coming in to kick the. You never saw Tony Lockett coming in to kick the goal, twirling the ball around his hand, did mm-hmm. you? No, good no, call. Yeah, never. yeah. Not not once, and yet you see them coming in, twirling them, and then the goals are straight in front of you, and the number of guys who veer to the right to a, almost a forty-five degree angle to try and get that extra distance, mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten. The ball stays right. And when it's left footers, they, yeah, they normally call. go left to right, yeah. but except for Buddy Franklin. Yeah, yeah. It's straightened up. But I think it's a lot of it too is psychological. I think it's a lot of guys look petrified when they're 30 metres out from directly in front of the pressure you have to keep. But I'm, I'm absolutely certain that games are lost by poor kicking for goal in modern-day football. No doubt about that, Macca. You held a record. I've been trying to find it. I think it still stands. You scored at least one goal a game for 121 games in a row. Is that, is that something you prided yourself on? Yeah, I didn't know that till much later in life, um, Brad. I, 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 it was um, the great guy, uh, Cole Hutchison. From, yeah, yep. He worked for the AFL. And he's a Geelong man. Geelong man, yeah. He does all the stats. In fact, he said to me once out of the blue, every game I ever played, that many kicks, marks, goals, behinds, and unbelievable. But not only to me, he's done it to lots of footballers. Out of the blue, sent of their whole career, every game they've played, games they've missed, all that sort of thing. Wow. And uh, it's amazing he's done that. But no, he told me it's 121 and, and no one's beaten it yet, but uh, it'll be beaten one day by someone. Now, you obviously, when you got to Collingwood in 65, you didn't get to pick your Guernsey number, but the second year you went to number six, was there a preference for that? Uh, no, I was always number six. Oh, I thought you played number 15 in your first year for some reason. No, they, they, they made a blue in that. I, 
I went. I came from doing the footy straight to Collingwood and went straight in the first first game against St Kilda down at Moorabbin. Hang on, now, back, the, back the truck up, Peter. Numbers. Back the truck up. You came from where and you played <laughs> your first game. You didn't play any reserves, nothing. No, I went straight in the first. Uh, <laughs> the um, I played centre forward in those days, and um, we played St Kilda down at Moorabbin. It was the first time. This was nineteen sixty five. It was the first time the Moorabbin ground had ever been used. Wow. And uh, we, were, we were beaten, not by much, but we were beaten. But St Kilda were a pretty good side. Well, they won the flag in 66. Sure, sure. No, so okay. they were a pretty good side. So that's, that's a documentary. No, I, I was number six. I might have won number 15 maybe in one final or something because... Because they someone had brought out all the numbers in the paper instead of in the footy record, and so they changed, made clubs change numbers, I think. But I certainly wore six in nearly every game I played in. Unbelievable. And what, how did you end up at Carlton? What's going on there? Well, I, I well, I got hurt. Well, did you have Ken McCauley on earlier? Yes, we, we did, did, yep. Yeah, Kenny, he's a great mate of mine now. And, um, when he uh, thrashed me in the carnival of 72, um, I, in the third quarter, I did my, Mel Brown jumped into me when I was going from Mark and I was taken off the ground and I, um, I was urinating blood after the game. I missed the next couple of weeks when I came back to Melbourne. Then I got, did the kidney in 1975 at Collingwood lost half a kidney, and after the operation, the kidney doctor came in and said, when we opened you up, there was scar tissue. Have you had a kidney injury before, he said. And I said, how do you know that? He said, there was scar tissue on your kidney. Mm, mm. And that was from that 72 carnival. And so I retired from league footy, got a teaching job in Tasmania, played with Devonport, and I got the great urge to play league football again and trained all summer when Tom Hakey was coach. Mm -hmm. And um, then I got offered, what, 300 bucks a game and 100 if I got dropped for seconds, and I, it was pretty poor at the time. So I got a couple of clubs approached me, Carlton. I went to Carlton for a year, played 11 games and had a few injuries. I had a two-year contract, but I found it terribly hard not many footballers would say this, but it's an absolute fact. I found it very, very hard playing against Collingwood because <laughs> supporters had been so good to me through my career. I almost felt like I was... <laughs> That's, 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 I'd walked out on them, but I didn't really. They didn't want me. That's not a surprising confession. Uh, I reckon a lot of sportsmen would do that when they have you know, a, a season or two after a great career at one particular club. Find it hard to play against their old club. What was it like playing at Victoria Park as a Collingwood idol. I mean, it, even just going there to, to try to cover the, the sport and Collingwood matches at Victoria Park was, was horrid. It was awful. What was it like going there as an idol? Well, I grew up being one-eyed Essendon and uh, mm -hmm. I'd go to Victoria Park and 
Oh, I, I used to think that I was the worst reporters on earth. <laughs> well, we all thought that. <laughs> but oh, my, we hardly lost games. At the 77%, past, 77% winning record for Peter McKenna. At... We very rarely lost there because yeah. they a whole mass of black and white, and they adore their players. Collingwood supporters think all their players are champions. Yeah. It does, they love their players, and... And they get this, even average players get inflated opinions of them by mm, the supporters. Mm, mm. But Collingwood supporters are sensational. I actually won two cars by Collingwood supporters voting for me in popular player competition. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't win cars by ability. I won them for popularity. <laughs> hey, Mac, I've got to ask you before we let you go. It's been fantastic to have a chat with you, but... Uh, you used to, on a Saturday morning, work on a television show, but you got replaced by an ostrich. <laughs> yeah, I it was live on Saturday morning. I started on Hey Ed Saturday with Daryl Summers, and um, it was live. I had I was in the studio for four four hours, and then I'd play, go and play football. And I played a shocking game one day. It was 1972. I got the training on the... Tuesday night, Neil Mann was the coach. He said, you can stay. Oh, I was on a Teddy Whitten football show on a Friday night too. Anyway, they, he said, you can stay on the Friday night, but you've got to give up Saturday morning. It's affecting your form. I said, oh, that's rubbish. <laughs> and, and the, anyway, I'm the only bloke in the history of television to be replaced by a stuffed ostrich. <laughs> and Oz, they went on for 28 years, both became multi billionaires. <laughs> and uh, Ernie Carroll was Aussie ostrich. He's in his 90s um, now. And he would be the nicest bloke you'd ever meet on earth. But the game after, I had to give it up. We played North at North. I had 11 kicks and kicked 11 goals on David Bench. <laughs> Good on you. Hey, and, uh... So, and they could turn around and say to me then, um, they, they could turn around and say to me, see, we told you so. <laughs> and I must say something, you, you had Noddy McCauley on earlier. Yep. I tell you what, I was glad he didn't come to Victoria because <laughs> I haven't played on any full back. I played on one full back. The hardest opponent I had in Melbourne was Blackwood Harvey Merrigan of Fitzroy. Not many people would say that, but he was super quick, and I found Noddy McCauley the same. If he had come to Melbourne, he would have killed him. Uh, he really would have. He would have been one of, one of the best fullbacks in the comp. And I'm not just saying that. I played on in, in that 72 carnival, and I'd had two real good games in that carnival against South Australia and Tassie, and I thought, naturally, I'll come out and have another great game. And he beat me. He beat me well and truly. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, and he, just, he won the medal for that day, and won the medal for the carnival. Uh, the carnival, yeah, in the whole carnival. Peter Fuel. And now he's a great mate of mine. Yeah, uh, that's one thing that I'd like to get back to about all the all the boys and and from that era. Really quickly, fuel our argument of who is the best kicker. We, we're saying McKenna's one of the best of all time. Austin Robertson, uh, certainly the modern day boys, Lockett and Dunstall. Who is the best kick for goal that Peter McKenna has ever seen? Right. Well, Bobby. I'll say one thing. Bobby Skilton would often say to me. I've only seen one better kick than you, Pete. He said, Austin Robertson, when he came to South Melbourne. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Skilton used to love telling me how Austin was a straighter kick than me. 
Well, look, these other guys just as good a kicks as me. The, the best ones I've seen, no doubt, I think Lockett's probably the best. Mm-hmm. Tony Lockett. Matthew Lloyd was a yeah, good magnificent kick yep. for goal. Very, very strong. Favola was a very, very good kick. He held it in a strange way, but he did everything right. And um, I'm talking more of the forwards here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're the best. Lockett. Uh, Jason Dunster was a mm-hmm. great kick for goal. Mm-hmm. But Lockett very rarely missed. And um, Matthew Lloyd was... Terrific, but they were all great kicks for goal. And none of them twirled the ball round in their hand and <laughs> ran at right angle <laughs> to kick for goal. All of them held the ball down low, near their right or left knee, depending on what they kicked with, and followed and ran in a straight line towards the goal. Macca, it's been an absolute privilege, mate. Thanks for coming on today. We really appreciate it. You've got a lot of supporters over here in Western Australia. No worries, um, Brad and Kim. Thanks for having me. Peter McKenna, what a star he was. Right over to you, nine double two double one eight eighty two. We'll get through all the ads. We'll get through everything. We'll get as many to wear as we can before two o'clock here on Front and Centre.